This is State House News. This podcast is a production of the Center for Community Solutions and features content from the Hannah News Capital Monitor. For a complete version of State House News, as well as other programs and publications, please visit communitysolutions.com. Thank you for joining us. Today is Thursday, March 19th, 2015. This is episode 11. New policies and practices for Ohio's adult guardianship cases will take effect June 1st, after the Ohio Supreme Court adoption of rules of superintendents for the courts of Ohio that were recommended by its advisory committee on children and families. The rules were published in May of 2014 for public comment, and based on those comments, there are several revisions, including the following amending the definition for guardian to no longer exempt family members from the rules, requiring courts to maintain and monitor a roster of guardians with 10 or more wards under their care, and requiring guardians to meet with the wards under their care at least quarterly. The rules are a welcome change not only as standards for guardians, but also as expectations for court oversight. The guardianship rules direct guardians and courts to seek first the preferences of the individual, striving for balance, and I am grateful to the Supreme Court's committee and to the justices for their diligence, said Beverly Lobert, chief of the Ohio Department of Aging Elder Rights Division and state long-term care ombudsman. Certified Master Guardian Julia R. Knack, who is past president of the National Guardianship Association, served on the committee that drafted the rules. The Supreme Court rules are a good step forward, and they move Ohio toward the best practices in guardianship. While I would have liked to have seen training and visitation requirements that were as rigorous as the national standards envision, these new mandates are a very positive step, Knack said. There are many other positive changes that will bring consistency across Ohio in how the courts administer adult guardianships. It is important now for Ohio lawmakers to take up the issue of guardianship and provide the courts with the statutory and financial support they need to make these changes effective. Probate courts will be required to adopt local rules to address emergency guardianship procedures and establish a complaint process. Those who want to be guardians will be required to take a minimum of six hours of training and three hours of continuing education annually. Guardians who fail to comply will be ineligible for new appointments. The Ohio Judicial College is developing educational opportunities for judges, magistrates, attorneys, and other stakeholders. The Ohio Hospital Association, OHA, announced this week that it is partnering with the Ohio State Medical Association, OSMA, on the SmartRx, Smart Medicine and Reasonable Treatment Initiative. According to the groups, SmartRx is a new statewide training tool to help healthcare professionals combat Ohio's prescription drug abuse and subsequent opioid addiction troubles. The SmartRx training program helps Ohio prescribers understand prescription drug abuse while staying up to speed on the latest legislation, regulations, and requirements.
The SmartRx online training program pairs the latest expertise on reducing prescription drug abuse with online training techniques designed for today's busy professional. According to the Trust for America's Health Organization, prescription drug abuse has quickly become a top public health concern. Prescription drug-related deaths now outnumber those from heroin and cocaine combined, and drug overdose deaths exceed motor vehicle-related deaths in 29 states and Washington, D.C., including Ohio. In 2013, Ohio had the 12th highest drug overdose mortality rate in the United States, with 16.1 per 100,000 people suffering drug overdose fatalities, according to the Prescription Drug Abuse, Strategies to Stop the Epidemic Report. The number of drug overdose deaths, a majority of which are from prescription drugs, in Ohio more than tripled since 1999 when the rate was 4.2% per 100,000. Nationally, rates have doubled in 29 states since 1999, quadrupled in four of those states, and tripled in 10 more, OHA said. A new report shows that the lowest-income households in the U.S. are struggling to find affordable rental housing in Ohio and all across the country. According to the National Low-Income Housing Coalition, NLIHC, this situation is not likely to improve in the coming year because rental vacancy rates are at historic lows and the bulk of new multifamily units are only affordable to middle or high-income households. In addition, there is a continued loss of public and assisted housing through demolition and conversion to market rate developments. The report, Affordable Housing is Nowhere to be Found for Millions, jointly released by the Coalition on Homelessness and Housing in Ohio, or COHIO, and NLIHC, a D.C.-based research and policy organization, shows that there are only 35 rental homes affordable and available for every 100 extremely low-income renter households in Ohio. Extremely low-income households have incomes at or below 30% of the area median income. This rate is only four above the national average of 31 units affordable and available for every 100 extremely low-income renter households and makes Ohio the state with the 28th fewest affordable and available rental units for this income group. Statewide, there is a need for 277,000 more rental homes to close the affordable rental housing gap for extremely low-income households, the group said. As a result of such a limited supply of affordable units available, at least 60% of extremely low-income renters in every state end up spending more than half of their income on rent and utility costs. In Ohio, 73% of extremely low-income renters are in this situation, spending such a significant portion of income toward housing increases the risk that a family will fall into homelessness. This type of housing instability is also tied to poor health outcomes, education outcomes, and economic opportunities for low-income families.
Every family in Ohio should have access to safe, decent, affordable housing, but this report shows that for too many Ohioans, that goal is out of reach, Bill Faith, Ohio Executive Director, said in a release. Faith lauded the efforts like HUD's recent $11.9 million Section 8 Project Rental Assistance Program grant to Ohio to expand affordable housing opportunities for extremely low-income ELI populations and people with disabilities. The Ohio Housing Finance Agency, together with the state Medicaid and mental health agencies, worked together to win the award. This is a perfect example of how multiple agencies can work together to solve the critical housing needs of our most vulnerable, he said. We need to continue to invest in housing for targeted populations like ELI and people with behavioral health issues because investment in housing is offset by savings from stays in expensive institutional systems. Some happenings from the week of March 9, 2015. Wednesday's House session included unanimous passage of the $552.4 million Bureau of Workers' Compensation Budget, House Bill 52, as well as the accompanying $102.9 million Industrial Commission Budget, House Bill 51. Cold weather and snow did not keep people away from the casinos in February, with revenue ticking up slightly over January's numbers. According to the Ohio Casino Control Commission, the four casinos brought in $67.5 million in February, up from the nearly $65 million in January. The Hollywood Toledo Casino brought in the lowest amount of revenue for the month at $15.2 million. But that includes a 24-hour period where the casino was closed due to a Level 3 snow emergency. The revenue was still higher than January when the casino earned $14.3 million. Ohio could keep teens from taking up smoking by raising the minimum age to buy tobacco products, a new study from Ohio State University suggests. Raising the minimum age to purchase tobacco from 18 to 21 would be effective in improving health and the economic consequences to retailers would be minimal because 18-year-old purchases only account for about 2% of sales, the report notes. And the Ohio Department of Administrative Services, or DAS, released its annual report of the state employee data Friday, with more overtime pay and fewer retirements in 2014 affecting the department's numbers. DAS says a minor increase in total payroll for state employees resulted from an increase in overtime pay, fewer retirements last year, and more high earners staying on payroll. A total of $3 billion is about one-tenth of 1% 1 increase from total payroll in 2013 of $2.96 billion. The difference is just more than $3.2 million. And some notable quotes from around Capitol Square. It sounds like a law firm, Hill, Beakey, and Hall. 
Representative Bill Patman, Democrat from Cleveland, discussing the sponsor and stewards of HB 61, a Beaky Bill, which regulates the application of fertilizer in certain parts of the state on the House floor. We need to put a floor under these people. Jack Freck, retired director of the Athens County Department of Job and Family Services, testifying before the House Finance, Health, and Human Services Subcommittee about how to help people get jobs and move off of public assistance. This is certainly thorough. We can debate efficiency. Chad Redler, chairman of the Ohio Constitutional Modernization Commission, OCMC, Education, Public Institutions, and Local Government Committee, commenting on a committee document outlining the numerous proposals regarding the Constitution's thorough and efficient clause on public schools. Thank you for tuning in. This has been Statehouse News, presented by the Center for Community Solutions. For a complete version of Statehouse News, as well as other programs and publications, please visit communitysolutions.com.